on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we're talking about um, a story that The Athletic ran yesterday, Tuesday, about uh, their projections for conference payouts to their member institutions. Uh, For example, Colorado gets about $30 million a year right now from the Pac-12, Um, because of the TV agreements, because of uh, the conference's performance in the basketball tournaments. There are all sorts of different factors that fit into their sponsorships, all that kind of stuff. Um, But over the next 10 years, that number, according to this story, is supposed to double. Um, And we'll be talking about why that is and some of the other topics surrounding um, this particular conversation. What does it even look like? when a school adds $15 million to its athletics budget, which is supposed to happen within the next five years here. Um, Well, before we talk, I got to tell you more about Manscaped because Manscaped is incredible. The ball deodorant is a lifesaver. They call it, I think that's called the crop preserver. Uh, The lawnmower 3.0 is the best trimmer that I have ever owned. It's it's, it's just really good stuff. Cannot recommend them enough. And if you use the code DNVR20, you can get 20% off your order from manscaped.com and you'll get free shipping. It's a great deal. You guys should all uh, at least check it out. All right. Uh, so about this story, which um, was really well done by Stuart Mandel. I should throw that out there first. Again, this is from The Athletic. Um, so... Navigate Research put together all this stuff. They projected what's really going to happen with all these conferences um, with a whole bunch of different factors. So it's Navigate Research um, who did the research. And uh, yeah, I feel like that's a bunch of credit. So I feel good about this. Um, Here's basically the point. So over a three-year period from 2023 to 2026... There will be a whole bunch of new uh, TV deals that are signed, um, including by the Pac-12. So the Pac-12 will have all of its uh, football game rights, uh, the rights to broadcast. Like So they're, they're separated into tiers. There's a tier one games. Those are the very best, tier two, tier three. Um, right now, they're selling, I believe they're only selling the tier one rights um, so those are the games that you see on Fox, ESPN. Um, maybe I don't, I don't know if they're selling any of the tier two actually. 
but tier three they're definitely holding on to those are the pac-12 network games i think tier two as well um are are also those pac-12 network games so those are uh games that they can sell whenever um because they own the rights obviously those top tier games they can't sell until 2024 when the current deal ends Um, when that happens they should make a bunch more money so Part of the reason they formed the Pac-12 network was actually just so that they could justify keeping those rights because TV rights just grow exponentially, and they have for 20, 30 years, and holding on to them for one more year has always turned out to be best. They made the bet when they signed this current TV deal, I want to say it's 2012, to just hold on to those themselves and say, hey, instead of signing a deal like, I believe the SEC has their tier three games locked up through 2035, they wanted to have the flexibility to say, here's what we're going to do. We can sell you literally every single game. And that's something that no other conference can offer because they have rights that are held through various deals for a long time, generally. Uh, And so that's kind of an important distinction. And so while the Pac-12 network gets a lot of hate, a lot of it's justified, you know, it's tough to get, there's all that stuff too. That was kind of the thought process behind it, and we're within a couple years now of seeing whether that bet really does pan out for the Pac-12. What makes this even more interesting is that, like I said, from 2023 to 2026, the Pac-12, their TV deal's up. So is the Big Ten, so is the SEC, so is the Big 12, and the college football playoff expires in 2026 and that was one of the most interesting pieces of the story is that the research firm said we're going to assume that this college football playoff is expanded from four teams to eight teams after this current tv deal ends because you get massive money um i didn't realize how much they make for that um before we get into that deal the the college football playoff deal i want to throw out some other numbers just so you kind of know what this is like so the sec game of the week um that was worth 55 million dollars a year in this current deal the sec game of the week so once a week cbs plays the best game in the sec and they pay 50 million or yeah about 55 million dollars for an entire year uh, of those games their new deal the SEC will kick in with ESPN for the game of the week in 2024. That's worth $300 million. So six times as much money. That's how fast all this stuff is going up. And also about what these games are worth. You think, what, that's probably 12 football games for $300 million. When you look at the college football playoff and the money that they're talking about here, And, you know, I I guess this isn't just from the TV deal. This is the entire revenue from the college football playoff, which is then split up amongst all of the teams, not just the teams that qualify, but all of the teams. Um, That's $446 million per year that they're making uh, compared to the $55 million that you're getting for SEC game of the week for an entire year. Again, college football playoff. That's four football games compared to the 12th in the game of the week. Um, So that's $446 million per year this year. In 2026, 
which is when the TV deal ends. So that's really when they have the flexibility to to expand the playoff to eight games because they like right now the current TV deal would just make no sense if there were twice as many games. Um, they'd have to figure something out there, which I'm sure they could get done if that was a priority. But it's a lot easier to wait. So if you say in 2026 to make the change, that revenue jumps from 446 million to 1.04 billion dollars. So uh, that's that's a long time. But again, to see that money go up, that's a great sign, especially right now, because, you know, I kind of teased this yesterday, but the problem that all these schools are facing is that they are kind of low on money right now because there are no sports and it's impacting every school differently and every program within these schools differently. And it's it's hard to say what it's costing an average school, especially when you're just in the middle of all of this before you have a chance to go back and check it all out. But there are so many schools that are kind of scared for the future that could really just be betting on all of this panning out, you know, t- taking loans, just survive and, uh, you know, see these payouts jump from 31 million over the next few years to about... 40 million in 2024 and then gets i don't know i guess it gets up to like 55 million in 2026 and that kind of flattens up towards 60 in 2029 but at the same time you know these schools can't just say this is money that's coming in this is what we're going to get uh, every single year the 60 million dollar payout because there's really no guarantee the Pac-12 still has to sign a TV deal. And that's why these next few seasons, as I've said whenever this topic has come up, are just massive for the Pac-12. Because if USC um, and who else is really in there? Oregon, I guess. If USC and Oregon are competing for college football playoff appearances and you have you know, a, a good Washington team that's really pushing them, you know, Arizona State with Jaden Daniels over the next couple of years could really push those teams up um and and i hate that we have to talk about this way like you but but you do need your blue blood programs in your conference to perform like blue bloods that's what these tv deals that's what espn would be willing to pay for if you say usc is going to the college football playoff next year and you can broadcast every single game on the way that's pretty valuable especially when you're comparing it to what usc has been recently Nobody really cares about them. So that's why these next few years are so big. And it's just multiplied by the fact that so many of these TV deals are up. The NFL has a whole bunch of TV deals that are up. I believe, I mean, I know it's before then. Is it 2022-ish? But, but around then is when they can really reform a whole bunch of stuff there. And, you know, like the story was saying, there there are people who are scared that these TV networks will invest so much money into the NFL that they won't be quite as willing to spend on things like Pac-12 football. It's also kind of worth noting this, again, just read the story. It does a really good job. Um, But... There's also all these other things going on. You know, ESPN, owned by Disney. Well, there isn't a whole lot going on for ESPN right now with the sports, so they're losing money. Disney, you know, Disney World shut down, Disneyland. None of these other companies that typically have a bunch of excess cash just to throw around 
are in that position right now. And a lot of that will get better in the next couple of years. But even if these these first rounds of deals, the earliest of these conferences, or even the NFL deals, are made before the Pac-12 does, if those are less because the TV networks have less money to pay at the time and can't, like, that's just what the market's at, that does reset the market. And that lowers what you would expect the Pac-12 to get, even if times have returned to normal financially for the networks at that point. Um, so, yeah, there's there's just so many moving parts here. And then you throw in the stuff like the the tech companies potentially getting involved. You know, the, the, the Apple is saying that they're interested in the Pac-12 rights. There were big deals. I think there might have even been an offer. I don't know if the offer came from Apple, but I want to say that the Pac-12 was offered close to a billion, 750 maybe, $750 million for their rights last summer. So things are going to get better for Colorado, but the better the Pac-12 can do in these next couple of years, and if they're able to negotiate a good deal for themselves, that would be huge for them going forward. Because that $60 million projection for the Pac-12 in terms of their payouts that's more than the ACC, but the Big 12, uh, they're saying $66.7 million payouts. They'd be $7 million ahead. Um, $82 million for the SEC, so they're $22 million ahead. And then the Big 10 is at 89.4, so about $30 million more per year that they're spending. It's really hard to project what they spend that money on and... You know, it does kind of seem like if Colorado could even just get up to that $60 million payout, they could cover a lot of gaps that they need to cover. You know, that the difference between Bama and Colorado can be a lot slimmer, even if Bama's still getting a whole bunch more money. Um, things like... You know, call the the buffs added those uh, monitors that they wear during practice, um, the heart rate monitor. Um, so it'll tell you your your top speed, your average effort. It tracks all that stuff. There are reports that are printed out for the coaches. Reports that the players can access to look. You know, there's the competitions between the players to see who is the fastest during practice. Um, that stuff costs money. And that was one of the things that Rick George was able to pull the trigger on last year. But there were other things that the coaches wanted that the athletics department just had to say, no, we can't do that. And with the extra $20 million, I do think that it catches you up to a level where, sure, having $80 million would be nice. And there are a lot of things you can do with it. But you get to a point where you're already buying all the things you need to buy. You're already have you already have the facilities you need to have to impress recruits. And it's like, I mean, that's probably where that extra $20 million is going to recruits. And I mean, there's the other sports too. So maybe it's only $5 million that's going specifically to recruiting of that gap. But who knows? I mean, taking cooler pictures on your visit, like I don't know what you even do with any of that. Um but yeah, I did think that this was interesting, um, especially because they put numbers on it. You know, there have been a lot of people who have had their own thoughts about what's going to happen. And we've talked about some of those if they've, as they've popped up. But this has been kind of the most comprehensive uh, look at TV rights in college football going forward. Um, 
And there's a bunch of other stuff in there too, but that's really what I singled out um, as most interesting. All right. Next up, I want to tell you guys about the Breckenridge Brewery. It's really good. Uh, makes very good beer. Great prices. Um, you know, if, if you want to try it, go to the beer locator at the Breckenridge Brewery website, or they're at most of your local grocery stores. They're at Davidson's down south of Denver, Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. That's a great place to check it out. Um, also at the DNVR bar. I think we have like seven or eight of them on tab. Last time I was there, they'd run out of Strawberry Sky, though, so I might hold off a couple more days. Um, speaking of which, DMVR Bar, open every day now, Monday through Sunday, from 4 o'clock in the afternoon until 2 a.m. So, it's getting closer. I'm still missing brunch. I wish brunch was there, but it'll be back soon. Again, like if, if you guys can, though, try these Breckenridge beers. Uh, the Strawberry Sky is definitely my favorite. I just tried the Mountain Beach. It's like a sour. It's it's really good. It's also really sour, but it's it's good. I mean, there there isn't a bad beer. There isn't a bad beer there. So check them out. Check out the farmhouse as well. Use the code DNVR when you check out um, to save five dollars on your meal from the farmhouse. It's a good deal. Also, MSU Denver online. Uh, that's a Metropolitan State University of Denver. It's a uh, it's a great school. Uh, they, they have so many different online programs, so many different courses, uh, over 750 online courses that you can choose from. And if, if you're just looking for something to do, you're curious about something, you want to get better at something, an online class through MSU Denver is about the best way that you can handle any of those problems. Um, plus, if you're trying to get ahead or change career fields, then getting a degree from there isn't a bad idea either. And there are 40, actually there are more than 40 online programs that will give you a degree. Uh, really can't recommend them enough. And again, if you go to msudenver.com backslash online, it will take you straight to uh, all their course offerings and give you all the information you can need. So check that out. All right, it's time now for the DraftKings Pick of the Week. Uh, today we're talking about golf. I'm so happy golf is back. It's just made my life so much better. I think I watched, I woke up at like, what, nine probably um, and turned on the TV every day, Thursday through Sunday last week and just watched all day all the golf. And it was so much fun. And I almost made a bunch of money, um, which is kind of the story of my betting. But this week at the RBC Heritage uh, out in South Carolina, Harbor Town Golf Course. Um, let's start here. So there's one great bet. It's an odds boost from DraftKings. It's plus 200 for an American to win. There are so many good American golfers who have great chances in this tournament. That isn't necessarily free money, but those odds are so much better than they should be that you'd be crazy not to throw something at that plus 200 for an American to win. Um, so there's my first and biggest recommendation. Outside of that, there really are a lot of options. Um, for those of you who haven't golfed on or bet on golf before, not golfed on bet, uh, there are a bunch of options like uh, betting on somebody to win, finishing the top 20, finishing the top 10, um, to shoot whatever score, to be better or worse, 
than somebody else. And there are a bunch of different ways that you could really approach this, um, trying to find more conservative bets or just saying, I think Rory McIlroy is going to win the tournament and throwing money at that. Um, this is my first time betting on golf. Well, I guess last weekend was, but it was, it was interesting. I think as of right now, my favorite is still just taking golfers, especially having watched last week's tournament. You know, Justin Thomas right now is about 16 to one. Let's see. I'm trying to find out here. Yeah. He's plus 1600. And again, that means it's still a long shot to pick one of these 50, a hundred more than that golfers. Um, so many more than that, but, uh, to pick one of them to win, the odds are slim, but for Justin Thomas, he's one I like because he played well last weekend. He generally plays pretty well, but he missed so many putts on Sunday, and that was really the reason he didn't win last week. I think there's a good chance that those putts fall for him because they were close. Like, it's not like he had three or four that probably should have gone in for him. Um, I think that this course really suits him. Um, it's kind of short. It isn't one where you need to have, you know, Bubba Watson's drive. I, I think that this is one of the best bets here just because, I mean, the value, really. He still is the the third best odds, so it's not like you're making real money. But also, you know, if you bet on Rory, those odds are probably a lot lower than they should be because he is all the way up at the top. Um, and that's honestly, like, that's what's keeping me away from guys like, uh, Colin Morikawa, for example, who I just about made a whole bunch of money on last week, but didn't quite. Um, you know, I really like his game. I think that he's going to be really good. But at the same time, he's 23. He's coming off a second place finish. Um, he has a win, but he doesn't have more than one win. And he only has the third, or let's say the sixth or he has the sixth best odds to win the tournament. So it's not like it's great value, even if it is plus 2,800. So I don't hate that. And he was playing so well. The irons were so sharp. And again, this course should suit him the same way that it suits Justin Thomas. You know, in Morikawa, hearing him on the course, talking to his caddy, then watching him play, like that is a very good golfer. You know, the, the little conversations like, oh, I think there's a little wind. And the caddy's saying, you know, I, 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 there's definitely some wind. I don't think it gets taken more than two or three feet off though. And then to see Colin just drop one three feet from the hole. You know, he does that kind of stuff that, you know, if, if the putting is on like it was this weekend, if he can hit fairways with his tee shots, then he's going to be right in it. And I'm kind of talking myself into this bed a little bit, but especially at a place like Harbortown where you expect to see some wind. And like I said, he, I literally watched him adjust to that. And I think that this could be, this could be a good bet. And again, that's why he's the sixth best odds though. Um, a couple more names that really jump out to me, you know, Brooks Kepka. You're always tempted, especially with that plus 4,500. Dustin Johnson right there, the plus 4,500 as well. Again, though, those big drives aren't all, they don't mean all that much. Here is a good one, though. And this is one of my two picks. Ricky Fowler at plus 6,000. Ricky was, he was kind of hot through January, but then has kind of fallen off. 
you know, I guess there was the 18th place finish. I mean, he had three top 10 finishes from the beginning of December through the middle of January, but he did finish like 18th um, in March, the last tournament before the hiatus. Uh, came back this week, looked rusty with a 73 in the first round, but then shot a 69 in the second round. You know, if he does that four times, then he's four under and he's still 11 shots off the lead. But I do think that he took a, a pretty massive step forward, again, just watching him. And on top of that, he is so consistent, and he's so consistently in the hunt that I kind of I, I like him, especially with these odds. Um, you know, with these, my strategy is always like, huh, I'm going to throw a few dollars down on Ricky, I uh, ended up throwing a few dollars down on Harold Varner, and then I'm just not even going to touch it until Friday afternoon. And at that point, I can kind of see what I have and see if there's anything else I like. Um, but yeah, uh, this should be such a fun tournament, and hopefully you guys are going to be watching because I know I am. Uh, let's keep that on all day while I work. It has been... I just missed sports so much. Um and if you want to bet while you watch golf, then you can download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app, which is the official uh, sportsbook uh, at DNVR. And if you use the code DNVR when you sign up, you can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Again, the code is DNVR, and the bonus is up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, uh, I think that's going to do it for today. A little bit of a short podcast, but I have a bunch of things to do. I will be back tomorrow, though, with another podcast. Excited about that. I will see you all then. They like my Colorado swag Cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go You know I'm acting bad Holland get a bus with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag My Colorado swag I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag My Colorado swag Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag yeah. is pushing one See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey. Hey. And you on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get Swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, might not swear I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you-
Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. 